0: This is an exclusive presentation of WoWO 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered.
1: Finally, this is an episode I've been wanting to get to here on Unholstered. Welcome on in. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. I am Kayla Blakesley and I am just one of your hosts here on Unholstered. I represent the local
2: media side. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Gatina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I represent the law enforcement side.
1: Law enforcement local media teaming up to share and tell all of the stories that don't often get told when it comes to law enforcement. And let me tell you, no topic is off limits. And boy, does that hold true for today, Sophia. Um, here we are, kind of middle of July, and we're really just getting into um, to our new law here of constitutional carry in Indiana. I know we talked about this. We, we wanted to revisit this topic anyway. It, it went into effect here in Indiana July 1. Uh, but now that we've had a couple of weeks to obviously give law enforcement some time to digest it all and just... Hoosiers and residents in general to digest it all. There's so much misinformation. There's just a lot out there that just isn't true. I know you've been absorbing a lot of it. I've been absorbing a lot of it. So hopefully we can try and set the record straight today.
2: And we want to do that because we want people in our state to um, carry correctly Mm -hmm. and appropriately. I don't want you to get arrested. I don't want you to get in trouble. Um, You need to know what you can and can't do. And I'll preface this right now by saying this is not legal advice. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm telling you our interpretation of the law and how we were going to handle it moving forward. If you have specific questions to your specific um, situation, then you need to contact an attorney and, and find that out for yourself. Good disclaimer, yeah, Sophia. I, just, I, I mean good to disclaimer. put that out there because people are like, well, you shouldn't be. I'm like, yeah, I'm just telling you what we know mm-hmm. um, because really we don't get any explanation from about these kind of laws when they come down. It's like, here, here's a law. You good figure luck. it out. Um, and then we have to wait for the prosecutors to answer and all those kind of things. So um, I did bring on someone, though, to help me with this. Um, I've noticed that there's been a lot of messaging coming out from some police departments in the state of Indiana. And some of it's been kind of vague. Um, and then I always kind of to get the feel of where people are, are at, I, I'll go down and read comments. And even though people always tell me, don't read the comments, but I do because I have to have a pulse on what people yeah, are saying yeah. and what people are thinking. And I've noticed there's been so much misinformation in the in the comment section. Just And people are like going forth like this is the correct thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I, you know, but I can't sit there and refute um, another department's stuff in the comments. So <laughs> the show is where we're going to do that. So I brought on... Can't wait for that. (laughs) Jeez, talk about a tease. So so I brought on Captain uh, Scott Burning. He is the captain of special operations for the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I'm going to let him introduce himself now.
0: Mm. How are you doing? I'm Captain Scott Burning, Fort Wayne Police Department. Um, Like I said, work with special operations, and uh, I'm under Deputy Chief Marty Bender. Mm. Uh, We are pretty much responsible for taking care of all the specialty teams in Fort Wayne, Those being uh, just a small example would be our EST team, our SWAT team, our public safety response team, uh, which is Riot Squad. Uh, We learned
1: that. We we just learned that a couple weeks ago.
0: (laughs) Our crisis response team, which Sophie is a major part of. Um, Our EOD unit, which is Bomb Squad, ASU, which is the air unit, our drones, canine traffic, and all the other special events. Uh, that go on in Fort Wayne, like Three Rivers Festival and all the parades.
1: Geez, so you got a lot on your plate, a lot man. his plate. How long have you been with the Fort Wayne Police Department?
0: Well, I'm going to age both of us. Me and Sophia went to the academy together. Oh, and we all know be...
1: that Sophia's been with the department for well over
2: 20 years.
0: Well, I'll age her. Then it was 28 years here next month. We'll have on the department.
2: Yeah, Notice I try to be 29. polite
1: by not saying the
2: exact number. Well, I was been. two when I started, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was the youngest police officer ever.
1: Well, okay, let's talk about permitless carry here, Scott. Can you just let's? I just want to make sure we're all starting on the same page can you explain permitless carry as it applies to indiana
0: well constitutional carry permitless carry Mm -hmm. they're basically the same thing uh basically uh the recent supreme court ruling came down that said um well i probably should not go into that first but we're (laughs) going to talk about uh in indiana now it's actually um you do not need a handgun permit to carry a concealed or even uh open carry in indiana so You do have to be a uh, proper person, and there are certain prohibitions and uh, uh, things that would prohibit you from carrying a weapon.
1: So yeah, there's still a certain age requirement. You still have to be 18, and um, you have to be a lawfully abiding citizen. What are some of the reasons why someone might not be able to carry a handgun?
0: You know, carrying a handgun without a license was um, what it used to be called. um, Instead, now it's possession without a license, and we'll have prohibited persons who can't carry a gun Anywhere, anytime, And there are several examples of that. Uh, convicted felon, for one. Mm-hmm. That's anybody who's been adjudicated to serve more than one year or more in prison. And one thing I want to stress about that is a lot of times somebody will be sentenced to serve one year, but because of good time, they may get out in eight months. So I would hope that they wouldn't consider they're still able to carry. That's something they need to consider, that if you were found guilty of a felony – and your uh, sentence was one year more, you are a prohibited person, mm. even if you only spent eight months or nine months because gotcha. of good time.
1: Okay, that's, that's a new one. I hadn't heard it that way, but that makes sense. Now, prior to this law taking effect, though, when you had to apply for your permit, you could be turned down that way. So now now in letting you know, hey, you're a convicted felon, or you're what one of these few things in this list for a reason you can't carry a handgun— but because of this, that process has gone away, right? Correct.
2: Yes. And like we spoke before on this shows before when we had um, a couple other officers on, we were talking about this. Uh, where, where people are going to kind of get little, it's a little sticky. Is what you happen when you were juvenile when you were a juvenile because some of those things don't affect you, but some of them do. Can you explain? Um, so there are certain offenses when you're a juvenile that happen, and, and juvenile records pretty much kind of kind of go away after you turn eighteen. Uh, For the uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, but there are certain things that don't. So certain felonies um, that you did as a juvenile would still carry over into your adult life and would prohibit you from carrying a handgun. You need to know what those are. And I I'm, not, I'm I can't tell you them all right here because I don't know them, but there are certain ones that will prohibit you from carrying as an adult.
1: What if they are? What if you have one of those things on your record from when you were a juvenile and you still have a gun? Can you still purchase a gun? Will you still pass that federal
2: background check? You shouldn't be able to. Okay. But I can't guarantee that that would happen because I, I don't know exactly what all information, because I know that they, there's no national, like, like we've talked about, there's no national registry for, for mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where those local checks were really helpful. Um, And in here, you know, you're prohibited from carrying a gun if you're adjudicated as a mental defective or committed to a mental institution. But if you have not yet done that, but you've had several run ins with police for mental incapacity, you've been you've been sent, you know, turned down. And we do have red flag laws and all those kinds of things, too, which I know people get really up in arms about. um, But we do not use them very often here um, at all. And I know people are like, well, they just come in. All you got to do is have someone call in and, and say, hey, he's crazy. And they go and take your guns. That's Which not, not the case. It's yeah. not true. There is a complete legal process for this. It's not we're just not taking people's guns willy nilly. Um, but, you know, there are just several of those local checks that came with those with those um, permits um, that we did, we're not getting now. And until we and I kind of like said before, you know, we put the cart before the horse when we kind of leapt into this, but we don't have those systems in place to check.
1: One of the biggest misconceptions, and it blows my mind. Uh, folks who don't know I host my own radio program on the weekdays here on this radio station, and and I try to like beat on this drum almost every day. But just because there's permitless carry doesn't mean you can just carry your handgun anywhere at any time. And I'm
0: so – you're both shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, I brought a list of those Did you? you cannot okay, carry Okay, please share
1: that. I mean, I feel like I have been beating my head against a brick wall with this, but Scott, I'll let you do it. <laughs> do
0: you want me to finish the prohibited reasons? I can keep yeah, go going with right those. Sure. Uh, yeah, let's, that's kind of sure. what I – uh, persons under indictment. Um, and the way we mean that is that uh, any formal accusation of a crime made by a prosecuting attorney uh, in any court for a crime punishable by a term of imprisonment more than one year. So if you're under indictment, you haven't been adjudicated okay. yet, but you're under indictment for a potential felony, you cannot carry. Got it. Okay. Meaning they've been charged with a felony. And the definite that definition of that basically means uh, any formal accusation accusation of a crime made by a prosecuting attorney in any court for a crime punishable by a term of imprisonment more than one year another reason would be uh, any person convicted of a crime of domestic violence or domestic battery or stalking anything along those lines if you've been convicted that would uh, preclude you from being able to carry your uh, your weapon Uh, if you are subject to a protective order unless it's been disqualified under the Brady and that that's a whole other topic I say so. that is
1: a big topic though that yeah. whole protective order thing I know we've talked about that greatly before in previous episodes on unholstered about constitutional carry but Sophia, can you run through that a brief version of that
2: yeah so um, a lot of times people get protective orders when it's sometimes it's like neighbor to neighbor yeah there's no kind of uh, domestic underlying um, issue. Um, and and those would not f- you'd still be able to carry under those and and your actual uh, protective order will say whether it's Brady qualified or disqualified. Okay, it says it on there, so you just need to know. And you, and it, most of the time you you can just ask the court right there. Hey, I know am that I one still... gets confusing too. It, it does. So if there's any kind of underlying domestic situation to the to the protective order, you will be barred from okay. carrying a handgun while that is being um, adjudicated, because you'll have 30 days to contest that. Um, and then if, if you go in, and then there'll be a hearing, and you'll be able to present your side, and then the judge will determine whether or not that, that protective worker stands. Okay, got it. What else, Scott?
0: Okay, if you're under 18, um, doesn't apply. Right. You cannot carry a handgun if you're under 18. Um, you, on private property, again, if the weapon's been supplied by a parent, something like that, you can do that on your own private property, but you cannot just openly or conceal carry if you're under 18. Um, another one that came up, and this started some discussion. I think that's why I put the paper out. Yeah. The state police put out some that said a fugitive from justice, and uh, people had a lot of questions about that. And a uh,
1: fugitive from justice. Yeah. What a, does that mean?
0: Well, fugitive from justice. I said, you fled uh, another state to avoid prosecution for a felony, um, or you maybe even left the state to avoid testifying in a criminal proceeding.
1: That's a no-brainer, right? Or should be
2: you would think <laughs> i've well, come we to had find that yeah. yeah i've come to find that nothing is a no brainer for okay. me anymore okay <laughs> so that's they did fair.
0: cover that they covered that and then the next one they listed was um, an illegal alien and uh, basically that's any person that entered the united states without inspection and authorization from uh, the immigration department so yeah.
2: but i will say though that it's illegal for us to go up and demand people prove that they're citizens as well so I, I'm not so these are still questions I have to as, as an just officer going to say that right so I can't just come after you because you look a certain way right um and, and and demand that you show me proof that you're a citizen so I, I you know that would take some some really some yeah, I don't even know what that would take to figure out but scratching my head but on that all, one we so. won't
1: we won't touch on that one uh here I is that all of them, Scott?
0: No, there's a few more that oh they are pretty minor. Uh, and Sophia already hit on it. You've been adjudicated a mental defective or committed to a mental, mental institution. Um, uh, if you've been dishonorably discharged from the military or the National Guard, um, that's a big one to keep in mind.
1: So are we just trusting that people know
2: these things about themselves? I think they. we are. Um, like I said, there's no... Database that someone can go to and find this out, unless they go enter into the, the permit um, where well, you can still get that because Indiana is a, is a shall issue state still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do still have that permit because you, this is a huge one, and this was the one that caused most of the confusion for everyone. If you are a resident of Indiana, and you're traveling outside of the state, you have to have a permit okay. to carry Glad in another state.
0: Unless they are a uh, constitutional carry state. Uh, some of them, you need to check on that.
2: That, But I, there's so much confusion. There's I reciprocity
1: issues. I have spoken to two attorneys about this very topic, and they both gave me a different answer. Well, for that, very, that was going to be my number one question I asked today. If you are driving...
0: There are some websites you can go to, and I brought those, and we can get to those in a little okay. bit if you want. Um, I, there's just a couple more that even... Uh, are signing on to those yeah that are prohibited Um, if you are under 23 and I think Sophia was kind of hitting on this if you're under 23 and you had an adjudication as a delinquent for unlawful possession of a firearm um, as a serious violent felon um, even if you did that as a juvenile that would uh, prohibit you from carrying and uh, the last one's probably pretty obscure but if you've renounced your citizenship huh um, no kidding that's another I, I didn't know that one. Like I've heard a lot of singers doing.
2: I think <laughs> the singer from Green Day wanted to I say i was heard a lot of I'm still waiting anymore. for them to move to Canada. Yeah,
1: I don't I'm still, know what still waiting they're for everybody to go, here. but <laughs> they're not. Okay. So that's kind of our whole list of yeah. folks who would be prohibited to carry a handgun in Indiana. Talk to me, Scott, about that other handy-dandy list then that you have that we were mentioning, that it still doesn't mean you can carry your handgun, concealed <laughs> or not, in certain areas. For example, no, you can't carry your handgun near a school still
0: in schools or on school yeah. property it's the number oh. one listed
2: yep within 500 feet of school
1: property. that's the one i keep beating my head yeah. against a wall with. and those it are close seems school like.
2: buses as well
1: okay that's good to know too yeah what else what's hitting um, with that
0: list? hey yeah. there's a big list um uh, <laughs> any child care institution that's run by child welfare services is prohibited no guns no guns you no guns. can't take it on the uh, grounds of the indiana state fair you cannot be even uh, with a permit. You were not allowed to have a handgun.
1: I did not know that one.
0: At the Indiana State Fair.
1: No, I did not know that one.
0: Any of the Indiana State Government campuses, which, you know, basically means the state capital, uh, the state library, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So those are some of the big ones. Uh, any of the Department of Workforce Management properties. Obscure, but, you know. hmm Airports and airplanes. I think we all know that one. I sure one. hope by now we all know that, but maybe we don't. No, <laughs> well,
1: we still have to say it. Yeah.
0: Uh, horse tracks. Uh, riverboat casinos are two of them. That they also list. You can't carry your weapon onto those. Um, and you already mentioned that courtrooms and buildings yeah. that may have a courthouse in them or courtroom in them, a lot of times... Weapons are totally prohibited on those locations.
2: And any any business that... I want to say that loud and clear. Any business that says no firearms means they don't want you to have firearms. Those are private businesses. Yes, they're open to the public, but they get to determine what comes into their place of business.
1: Everyone always asks me what I think of that. And I will always be on the side of the small business owner. They get to decide whether or not you're paying with cash or plastic or you're carrying a handgun in there or not. That is the right of that small business owner. So thank you, Sophia, for making that one loud Loud and clear Loud and clear,
2: businesses have the right to determine if you can or cannot carry into their place of business. But now I'm still
1: so confused. Uh, Sophia, you hit on it. Like I said, I've talked to different attorneys about this of whether or not, because obviously you still need a permit for reciprocity. If you want to travel to other states with your firearm. You still need a permit to do that, unless you're traveling to other constitutional carry states?
0: Well, actually, <laughs> in what I've found is Indiana will take all the states. We have, we allow... So you can come you here from permit, Illinois, yes. which is
1: not a constitutional yes. carry state, with your firearm and openly carry it here in Indiana. Yes.
2: Under our constitutional carry laws, it stands they do not need to have a permit. A- anyone coming to Indiana from any other state is legally um, allowed to carry here in the state of Indiana, if they, as long as they don't meet the criteria of a prohibited person.
0: And that's where you got to get into the the weeds on this a little bit. Some we'll of those websites, um, U.S. Concealed Carry, uh, is a good website to go to. Um, they they will tell you what states have reciprocity with you. Um, and they'll go into what you can and can't do. They break down magazine laws, everything. Mm. They'll they'll really break it down for you. It's a good uh, source of information.
2: And on top of that, there are I think approximately 32 states where you'd have reciprocity with your um, gun license, and then the other states are con- other states are constitutional carry. So I guess there's reciprocity between the constitutional carry states, um, but so the states that do not have constitutional carry will still require you to obtain that gun licensing permit
0: if, if you don't know if you're the, all the things we went through on prohibited person the best way to find out if you're a prohibited person or not is apply for a license
2: which is free you can still, still do yeah it's free and it's still available and then you know you're covered in other states Let regardless this always like i don't know i won't get too political here but this always irks me that these laws come down but there's no explanation mm-hmm. and there's nobody but us trying to figure this out and trying to to give you the information we find that we've got gotten from our prosecutors and from other legal people here over our county. But this should really shouldn't be coming from us. This should be coming from the top down, and it just isn't. And that's what really kind of annoys me about that. We throw this law out here, and we're just like, here you guys go. Figure it out. And figure it out. And they're like, okay, but where where, where do we go to figure it out? Um, and and that's that's kind of it's upsetting for me as a law enforcement officer because I don't want anyone to get in trouble. Um, because they just didn't know. Because we don't know who, who's coming here. I mean, a quick check for our system, but if you're coming from California, you've never been to Indiana, there's no check I'm going to give you quickly that's going to figure it out. Because like, remember, I only have so many minutes in a traffic stop right. to get stuff done. And if I can't access anything because That's the it,
0: big headache, it takes the, too long. The time limit. Uh, now
2: we're talking about anybody coming from anywhere. And, and how will I know that any, people don't fit any of these, especially okay. like an illegal alien or someone, you know? So yeah. it's just, boy, this is a really um,
0: murky Yes, we're just uh, crushing into this. And, and back up
1: on something here for me, Scott, that you just said that time limit at a traffic stop.
0: Our tra- We can't, because of the Fourth Amendment, we can't seize a person. That means hold them there any longer than it really should take for us to process that offense that we stopped them for, is unless an- we can develop some probable cause or have reasonable suspicion—a lower element—that something else is going on there. Criminal activity is afoot, right? I think is the correct term. So,
1: is there like a—I don't know if you can—like an average time for a traffic stop? Is that?
0: I don't know.
2: I, I think the courts have a general sense okay. because I mean it depends. So sometimes, but there isn't
1: like a written rule like this traffic stop has, like yeah. has, has to be done in five minutes okay. and thirty five okay. seconds.
2: No, there's nothing like that. But there is a general time, like you know, it's not. It can't take us fifteen minutes to to run your driver's license and write a ticket. Okay. It, and But things happen, right? So we have in car computers, but sometimes those go down, and we're standing in line because maybe the system's down, and now our Dispatches backed up, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting because all the other officers who are doing their business have to go to that channel and do all their business too. So there's always nuances that happen that that may extend your period at a traffic stop. But if we cannot articulate that those um, things happened that were out of our control that made it go longer, then we're probably going to be in in in. A little bit of trouble if this traffic stop has now gone 15, 20, 30 minutes when it really shouldn't have.
1: I did not know that.
2: Yeah. So we're bound by court,
0: (laughs) by court rulings. In the recent ruling, uh, the Supreme Court ruling, uh, Judge Thomas actually even said it's not just the Second Amendment. It's the 14th Amendment that also apply. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, uh, across the board, uh, your right doesn't change just because you live in New York to protect yourself outside the home. Heller was the one that gave you, that affirmed your right to protect yourself inside the home. The recent Supreme Court decision was said you had the right to protect yourself outside the home. So you could take your, so these states that are uh, may issue, they're going to run into a problem because it's going to affect a lot of things. It's You know, New mm-hmm. York was the example, but yep. there's a lot of states that are make it really hard for you to get a, a handgun permit. Well, this is what this decision is going to say, that now you have a right to protect yourself outside the home also. So we can't have unequal laws across different states. So if we're allowing our citizens to carry, uh, and it's constitutional, if you come into my state, we're not going to hold you to a different standard because you're from a different state. And that goes back to the 14th.
1: Right, right. So
0: he kind of hit on that kind of stuff. And there's one other... We've got to remember, it's not just state law, it's federal, federal law, law that also applies. And a good example of that would be the federal law, uh, Michigan is a marijuana state. You can mm-hmm. have medical marijuana. You can't hold a handgun permit and a mar- marijuana medical card at the same time by federal law. So if you say live in Michigan, you have medical marijuana, but you got a lake cottage at Hamilton Lake, you, you're you would also be prohibited from having a handgun.
2: That's a good example. Okay. Yeah. So there's so, like I said, there's so yes, many nuances example, that yes. we just don't know, and we're going into this, and we've, this has been thrust upon us in a short period of time, and all these questions still remain unanswered. I mean, who's, who's and supposed who's to answering answer them? them? Who's supposed to? Well, answer them? I would imagine the people who made the law yeah. should know, and this should have come down with with these questions answered.
1: Certainly, other states have got to be tackling similar questions, right? I,
2: Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't have the answers either. And and every day people come up with new questions that I'm like, okay, that's a good question. I don't know.
1: Let me, I really, this one's kind of loaded and I want to put it to both of you though. And I'll be curious if you both have the same answer or not, but do you think, because this is also the big kind of topic that, that gets brought up, but do you think permitless carry, and we can talk just Indiana specifically, we don't have to talk about any other states, but just as it applies to Indiana, do you think it's going to make Indiana a less- safe state
2: I, I, I don't think it'll be less safe but I I think for I think there'll be a lot more people carrying if if that mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what the potential for that would be because I don't know what people's intent is mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you know criminals are going to carry regardless of, of what happens um, but will someone who is a law abiding citizen decide oh, I'm going to start carrying now too Mm-hmm. because I can? I, I don't know. I don't know if people
0: will do that. My opinion, no. I'm just going to flat out say yeah. no. And I even, I, I wondered if that would be a question so I checked on that.
2: Boy, do you know me, prepared, but you know right? me well. And got I burning. did
0: find a, a USA Today article that listed the uh, states, all of the 50 of the states um, by violent crime rate. And that takes into account your population, not just because you've got a yeah. million people. So it's it's, it's weighted. Um the first three in Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire are all, all constitutional, constitutional carry, carry states. states. Yep. So I went down deeper on the list. Those were the first three listed and found out that five of the top seven and 11 of the top 16 are all constitutional wow. carry states. And they have the lowest uh, violent crime rate.
2: So proof is so. kind of in the pudding for that one a little bit. But it's a violent crime rate because they have low density of people. Well, or is this per capita? It, it's, 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 to, yeah, it's
0: based on yeah. um, amount of crime per thousand. OK, so it's it's. I've checked into that too, but yeah. So um, could one
1: argue then, just walk down this road here with me, Scott, you know where <laughs> I'm going. One argue then it will make your state actually safer.
0: And, and I I would like to have more good guys with guns out there. Yeah. I would like that. And and I know a lot of these things are often, you know, stats can lie. Yeah. Um,
1: Sure, we can have stats say pretty much whatever we oh, want them sure, to say. Sure,
0: um, There was a uh, organization, the, one of the, it's a pro-carry organization, did a, also did a study, and they took the FBI study of uh, active shooter reports from 2000 to 2017 and broke it down by the first one was 2000 to 2013, then 14 and 15, and 16 and 17. Yep, yep. They compiled the stats on that, and then the 283 events, uh, 33 of them had an armed c- civilian present at it. So that was 11% of the time there was an armed person there at an active shooter event. And, you know, they define the active shooter as one or more individuals actually trying to engage or kill people um, in a crowd or something like that. That's a standard they used. Well, those 33, uh, 25 of the time, they they were able to stop the event. Six, per, six, of the, six of the times, they reduced the loss of life. And 2%, there was no effect. So, in essence, uh, that came out to be about 90%. Four percent of the time, if there was an armed individual there, they were able to at least affect how the event unfolded. So and I will add that there were no civilian loss of life as a result of any of their interactions or attempting to intervene.
2: Wow. So it can happen. Yeah, and it, it does again, more it, often than we hear about because we always hear about the ones that sure. you know don't because they. And I think we do that because they they just affect more carnage, so that's mm-hmm. what we hear, right? Mm-hmm. You plead it leads.
1: Absolutely, that's <laughs> um, yeah, that's my side of things. Not that I agree with it, but that's <laughs> that's usually how it goes on on the news side. The other place that I feel like we're running into some issues, though, at least when it comes to understanding this law, is open carry versus
2: concealed carry. Right, they are one and the same though for this law, right? They are one and the same for this law. We we've they always have been for even for permits. Um, you've always had that ability to open carry um or or conceal carry. Which I have my own feelings on open carry. I, I do as well but... and and you know I I don't know why anyone would open carry um at all. Yeah. I mean, I know I know as officers we do it with our badge and our gun, but you know that's a little different than, than a general person just just going out there and open carrying. But but Scott, I mean, can we can we touch on this subject a little bit?
0: I can't agree with both of you more. I <laughs> really hope everybody, if they haven't already been carrying a handgun in the past, and this new uh, permitless carry encourages them to start carrying, please, please <laughs> conceal it. Yeah. Um. There are so many reasons to conceal it, and so many reasons negatively things can happen that when you open carry. Um. You know, you want to have the element of surprise if right. you, if you are carrying a weapon. And we always talk with our recruits, and, you know, it goes back to the OODA loop. Uh, Colonel Boyd from the Air Force developed. It's called the OODA loop, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. Hmm. You always want to be inside the other person's OODA loop. Um, an example of that would be a, during a hostage rescue, uh, a door breaches. All of a sudden, the perpetrators have to decide what just happened, figure it out why we're already moving through the next thing there's something rolling in on the ground well that's a distraction device boom it goes off it makes them start their ooda loop Mm. all over again while we've already observed what we're going to do we've decided uh we oriented ourselves to it we've decided what we're going to do and we're acting upon it so the faster you can go through your ooda loop and make the other person keep reacting to what you're doing the more chances you're going to have to win that encounter well if you're standing there with a gun on your hip you're already way behind the eight ball because the perpetrator's already seen you are armed. Yeah. You've set yourself up to be the first one assaulted and or if they decide they just want your gun. Um, just watched a video about two weeks ago of a guy standing in line at McDonald's with open carry and a gentleman just reached up and grabbed his gun, turned yeah. on and walked right out with it. You know, it's just, it can happen that fast. And even us as officers, you know, we like to think we are situationally aware all the time. You just can't be one hundred percent of the time and just standing in line somewhere. You got to keep in mind that somebody decides they want your weapon; they might not even be armed. You know, they follow you out to your car, hitching you the back of the brick. Now they got a brand new, uh, uh, pistol or something like that that you've been carrying, and uh, and they've taken it from you. It's it's just it sets you up for the assault, and I am sure you'd much rather be uh, ahead of that than behind it.
1: Do, I always feel like, and maybe I don't know if this is the right perception or not i just feel like a lot of times at least my friend i have a lot of friends who openly carry and there's just like this attitude this ego about it like almost you know look at my fancy car versus your fancy car that's kind of sometimes how i equate it to is like you know people driving around their their porsches and their lamborghinis and they're like look how cool my car is look at the color of mine look at the make and model of mine it's more of a A ego driven thing yeah (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah sometimes i personally think the same thing at times and and i'm here to assure everyone. That no matter how good you are, there is someone better. Better, yeah. And you don't know who that person is. Some of the most mild, people. And like Scott said, we people. just gave them
1: the tactical advantage. Yeah, by, Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I don't understand the concept of open carry um, as, as a general citizen, just walking around with it just open. Unless it's just look at me, look at me, I'm or I'm trying to bait people. Is it,
1: hey, I'm a quicker draw, like I get, you know, I'm trying to come up with reasons why someone might justify. So I'm your Huckleberry kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think work.
0: A lot of it is yeah. they're doing what we call Second Amendment audits, and uh. I've done some training on First Amendment audit and Second Amendment audit. We got people oh, yeah. that go around town and will film like a government building from out on the sidewalk on the easement where he legally knows he can be standing. And say it's a post office. The post office is going to call and say, I got a guy filming us. And we have officers show up. And we try to tell them. And it's the same way with uh, carrying a handgun. And I ran into it on the 25th of this month. I was down there for the row uh, yeah. protest down the courthouse. Yeah. Um, I was approached, and I saw him coming through the crowd. And I saw there was a, it appeared to be a Glock, uh, the butt of a handgun hanging out of his pocket. And, of course, he walked up to me with a guy following behind him with a camera and oh the first words out gosh. of his mouth were, I have a gun. I said, I know I observed you coming towards me that you were armed. And I think he was going to do one of the audits. He wanted to find out what I was going to do. And and I think most of these guys know their rights. But having done the training and put it out there, <laughs> I told him, I said, well, I see you have a weapon, but... Uh, I can't articulate you are committing a crime, have committed a crime or about to c- commit a crime. So I have no reason to stop and ask you your pedigree information, meaning your name, date of birth, all that yeah. stuff. You can just turn and walk away from me. Well, it took all the winds right out of his sail. He's like, oh,
1: Wow, okay. I didn't so, even know people did that. All the
0: time. All the time. So for the, long story short, before the day was over, he came back over to me at this point, then he had it up on his uh, tack. He had a tack vest on, you know, real militant looking. and. Came up and started just talking with me again before the day was over. We were talking about his daughter who's in ICU that was prematurely born, and he was totally different attitude after that. But he was trying to set me up for
1: yeah.
0: violating his Fourth Amendment right of seizure and, uh, mm. you know, holding him there without any articulable and specific facts of why I needed to get his information.
2: And I will yeah. say, officers screw it up. Nationwide, we screw it up all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sure. we everybody, everybody screws up all the time. Every, we, I mean, every Contempt officer doesn't cough. know everything about everything. Yeah. I just, you know... Because, man, that's a lot. And as I sit here and we do these shows more and more and there's all this topic, I'm like, well, I do know a lot about a lot, but I don't know everything. You, you know? know, there's a no lot about possible a lot. way I can know everything. And I probably will say something on the show, then I'll screw it up, and then I'll have to figure out and how to say, well, I screwed it up. <laughs> um, but but it happens. And you know, there's film about police, but it doesn't mean every officer is this yeah. way. And, and, you know, it, it those audits really get... I don't know. I just,
1: I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I can, over it. You're, I can tell you. I can but sense it's your exhaustion. For
0: an officer to get himself set up for yeah. a lawsuit or a complaint if he yeah. doesn't, yeah. If, you know, if you can't articulate why you're stopping that person, you know, the Terry, the whole Terry stop, you have to have mm-hmm. specific and articulable reasons why you're stopping that person. And, you know, the example I use a lot of time is if I have patrolling at 3 a.m. and I see a gentleman walking down an alley with a bag in his hand. At that point, can I stop him and ask him why, what his name is and why he's there? Not legally.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, if I see that same man looking into garages, each one as he passes, now I've just got a specific and articulable reason why I've stopped him. Well, that may lead to you know going up to him, the same guy that's just walking down the alley with the bag in his hand. Well, it's milk and bread. He's coming back from the store, and he lives two houses down. It's the quickest way to his house. But that guy looking in, if that bag happens to have burglary tools in it Mm -hmm. or, a, uh, say, a drill with somebody else's name on it that doesn't match his, well, now I've got reasonable suspicion that maybe a crime has occurred. Hmm. So you use those steps to develop that stuff. And we tell them, use that same stuff if you see somebody that's armed. For the most part, a felon is not going to put a gun on the side of his hip and walk up and down the road trying to get the police's attention. Right. These guys are looking to to film you and mock you for your lack of understanding of law.
1: Do you feel like you you both will just kind of be in this, not that you're not already super vigilant and hyper aware, you're police officers, that's what you do. That's like the first thing Sophia said is picked her seat in the studio so she could see the door, (laughs) you know, day one. But do you feel like this is gonna just kind of take that to a whole new level now that we have constitutional carry, that you're even more hyper alert and even more vigilant?
0: We always tell the officers you should treat every encounter right. you have with a citizen as if they're empty armed, so yeah. or armed. So I don't think it's going to change much. Okay. I really don't. And I really wonder how many people are really going to just take advantage of this. If they didn't want to have a firearm before, they're not going to, Indiana right? made it Although so.
2: I did, I did Although ha- I did have some people say, well, I was too lazy to go get a permit. So I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, well are, you know, might I have one. a
1: handful of those. If you're too lazy
0: to get a permit, you're probably too lazy to get training. And that mm-hmm. is the key. If, if you are going to start, I can't stress enough, get some training. Yeah. Um, the, know how to operate your yes. handgun
2: no yeah. you know cuz some some handguns have safeties some don't i mean the, the overall safety to keep your finger off the trigger unless it's something you're willing really, willing to destroy mm-hmm. um so but scott's right get in get into a class we've had people on that whole yeah. classes there are several classes around town if at the bare minimum you should know how to accurately shoot um you should know like what happens when when your gun runs empty mm-hmm. you should know what that feels like you should know what it feels like when the, the trigger gets pulled and the bullet comes out cuz it's 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 just different. I mean, you anticipate a lot of stuff, but it's never how it is. And and there have been classes that I was a part of that had video of people in active um, shootouts with other people. And And these people, I went to the range. I went to the range on a regular basis, and it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. This was completely different. So you have to know and really start thinking about what you're willing to do yeah. with that handgun, and it's not just for show. If it's just, if you're carrying it around just for show, Just driving the flashy car to drive it, yeah, d- man, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. You should know how to use that gun if you're going to do it. And when it.
0: you can illegally use it.
2: And when, yeah, yeah that's a big one. That's a too. whole nother. That's a whole other
1: show. Yeah, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, Scott, um, I don't know if we got down to all of the answers. I feel like we did. For the most part, I still know it can be, oh, what was the word you use? murky? Yeah, Sophia, so it's I like very that. murky It still. can still be murky. So I'm sure we'll revisit the topic again. Maybe we'll hmm. have to bring you back, Scott, maybe in the next, again, month or two is still as things unfold. As you run into scenarios, Sophia, let us know, hey, yeah. this happened. Here's how we worked this one out. I'd yeah, be definitely,
2: because I think this is, as we go along, we're going to learn more and more, and we're mm-hmm. going to have to figure things out a little bit better. Um, but I would again, I would in- encourage if anybody has questions or you have questions, submit them, and we'll try to find out answers for you. Yeah, you
1: can submit, submit them on our text back line, 46862. You can email me personally, kblakesley at woewoe.com. And Sophia and I have talked about constitutional carry before. If you've missed any previous episodes of those uh, topics, uh, feel free to download the podcast. Anywhere you can download a podcast, just search for Unholstered. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered.
0: Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.